0: You're listening to Next on the Tea with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on great sites like TuneIn and Podbean. Now, back to you, Chris.
1: All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Matthew Lawrence. You know Matthew from his many great movies, TV shows, radio shows that he's been a part of. If you like me, and uh, you're a big fan of the movie Eddie and the Cruisers. You'll remember him from his role as the bass player Salamato. He had a reoccurring role in the show Beverly Hills 90210, playing Mel Silver, David Silver's father. He was in the movie Streets of Fire, reuniting with Eddie and the Cruisers co-star Michael Parade. He was also in the six seasons of Saturday Night Live. He starred in a TV show called Duet with Mary Page Geller back in the late 1980s. More recently, he's been a sideline analyst first for Duke Basketball and now for Kentucky Basketball. He also hosts his own golf show on ESPN Radio, WLXG Sports Radio, AM 1300 up in Lexington, Kentucky, called Backspin Golf, which, like I said at the top of the show, is fantastic and the best way you can kick off your Sunday mornings. And like I've said many times, if I'm not Matthew's biggest fan, I have to believe, I'm in the top five and I'm honored he's back with me tonight on next on the T. Good evening, Matthew. Thanks for coming back on the show.
0: I'm, I've, I've joined you. Um, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I'm most appreciative <laughs> of you being, uh, you de- you might be, I would say you might be number one. Even my brother, Mitch doesn't like me as much as you do. <laughs> 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 and I appreciate you saying uh, that. <laughs> oh boy, it's great to be on with you again, Chris. Always, thank you, Matthew.
1: So, Matthew, as you know, you know I've I've got a standing. 8.03 a.m. T. time every Sunday morning listening to your show Backspin Golf again on WLXG ESPN Radio in Lexington, which everyone can stream online by going to WLXG.com and clicking on Backspin Golf. So listening to you and particularly you and Perry French, your guy from Shrixon, is a complete joy. I love listening to the two of you go back and forth. So. Talk about you know your your show, the things that you do the you know the guests that you have, and uh, you know how everyone can make sure that they can stay up to date with what you're doing over there well i
0: first of all, let me tell you I'm one of your biggest fans too, and I really appreciate you uh, listening every Sunday morning this show I started doing it I've been in Lexington for eight years, and I started doing the golf show about four years ago because I'm on every day on our drive time show, uh, Matthew and Mikey, here in Lexington on ESPN. And, we of course, I'm in Lexington. So it's basketball 365 days a year. Our football team is going to be pretty good this year. So now we're starting to get excited about SEC football. But the one constant for me all year long is golf, even in the winter when I'm not able to play. It's Always Golf, and I just decided I wanted to take an hour every week, and I was lucky enough that they let me do it, and this show has been, I don't even know how to describe it. It's how I met you. It's how I have made so many incredible friends all around the world, really, um, Twitter, and the funny thing is, I wanted to be able to have people, I wasn't on Twitter when the show started. I refused to be on Twitter. And then I had a very young producer named Derek Matthews, and he said, the only way you're going to be able to connect with people, really connect, is if you're on Twitter. So I started an account, and through that account, um, following people, connecting with people, I have just had the most amazing time these last four years. Um, Like I say, it's how how somehow I found you and got you into my life and all these amazing people. And it's much, it's a show about stories. It's not much like your show is it's not a golf show. We had a golf show in Lexington for a few years and they talked a lot about how to hit lob wedges and um, you know, they were good guys, but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to introduce our listeners to people from all around, uh, different charities, different, like I say, much like you do, those kind of things, things that interested me. And I always felt like if, if I've been blessed in my life to do a lot of things and meet a lot of people. And I always felt like if I found somebody to be really interesting, then my listeners would too. And that's how it's turned out to be. I mean, I, I think about some of these people I've had on, uh, I'm not sure on your show for This is a good example. Um, do you know about called no laying up?
1: You tell you, told me about it a couple of weeks I ago. Did it's
0: fantastic. Tell you about yeah, it. it. Yeah. Well, um, this is a guy that when I finally got in touch with him, it turns out he was in the Netherlands and he also was in Dallas and he's fantastic. And for your listeners, again, it's at no laying up. <laughs> and, um, I got in touch with him, and he said he would come on the show. And I asked him where he was, and he said the Netherlands. And somehow we would used Skype or Facebook Live or something. We had this great interview. And I've had people like our friend Lisa Long, all from Calgary, okay. uh, pe- people all over the country. And it's a it it is an absolute joy for me to to connect with these people that I ne- I would never have met. Other than through Twitter, and the funny thing is, and I know you feel this way because it's how I feel about you. We've never physically met, but right. I feel like my my friendship with you is very real and is one that I treasure. And that's what's happened with a lot of the people that I've had on Backspin Golf. So it's been more Perry French and I, uh, as you said, Perry is the Strix on Golf Cleveland Golf rep. For a big area here. And he joins me every week, and he's fantastic. He's just, we talk about all kinds of things. But here's a guy that sometimes I'll say, I have a 50 degree wedge, a great Cleveland wedge, that I went through a period of about two weeks that I couldn't hit. I had the yips from 90 yards with my 50 degree wedge. So Perry and I will sit there and we'll talk about some drills I can do. He's a teaching pro. He's a great teaching pro. And so sometimes we'll do that. But most of the time, we'll talk about all kinds of, and we never know what we're going to talk about when we sit down, ever. We just really? go, and, yes, we never have scripted segments. And he's on for 15 minutes with me every show. And sometimes he'll bring in some stats, like tour stats we did last week, uh, which were astounding, by the way. Uh, um, of how many putts players in the world make from 20 feet, 10 feet, 8 feet, 5 feet. Um, He'll bring in a a stat sheet sometimes like that. Otherwise, we don't ever know what we're going to talk about, and it just kind of comes out. So um, I'm very blessed to be able to do this show and to have met the people that I've met just doing it.
1: So – Take that a step further, Matthew. Are are there are there players or people on your guest sort of your guest bucket list that you're dying to get an opportunity to talk to?
0: You know, it's it's funny. There I don't I don't even I don't often think of that, but a lot of people think that the way you get things <laughs> that the universe will somehow bring you things if you focus on certain things, good and bad. I should mention <laughs> um I think I think if I had a bucket list of course it would start with um one of the young guys Jordan Speeth or Justin Thomas um either one of them I would love to talk to because I'm absolutely fascinated by what's going on I think we're in another golden age of golf here with these all these young guys some of whom we haven't even heard of yet that in the next 2 years will come out of nowhere and be like a Justin Thomas. Um, So I would think they would be pretty much right now at the top of my bucket list. Um, The one guy that I always wanted to talk to and never got a chance to on the show. Now, again, I've met, I sat at a table with Arnold Palmer for a half hour. Um, I've been incredibly blessed in in terms of the number of golfers that I've been able to meet and talk to. Cause I played in all these celebrity charity events and that opened me up to a whole world of, cause golf, as you know, is the great equalizer, not only golfers, <laughs> but athletes that we all want to play golf. We all want to be good at golf. We all want to beat each other at golf. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you do a great show about the NFL and I, uh, yep. if I have, I apologize, but I'll, I'll talk maybe to your listeners who haven't heard it. The very first celebrity golf tournament I played in was in 1988, I think. And it was Payne Stewart had a celebrity tournament at Grand Cypress in Florida. And I was very nervous and I went down and I went to play a practice round on the Friday morning of the weekend and the guy at the club said, "Um, I'll take your bag, your cart's over there and there's somebody already on the cart that I was going to play with. And I walked over and I looked at the golf bag and I turned the tag over and it was Bart's star. Wow. And I didn't, I was so freaked out and he wasn't <laughs> even around. I was so freaked out that I really didn't know what to do. And I got in the cart. he came over he, and he, of course he introduced himself to me like, I didn't know who he was. He said, hi, I'm Bart Starr. <laughs> but, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> uh, and in, when we got in the car and drove to the first tee, he he was the most wonderful guy. And he started immediately asking questions about acting. Uh, and it turns out that I think it was a son, may have been a daughter, but I think it was a son that was very interested in becoming an actor at the time. So he he was genuinely interested in my career and what I had done and how I got to that point and all, and I just had the most, but every time I would turn around in the car the whole day and look at him, I would turn back and look the other way and think to myself, that's Bart Starr I'm talking <laughs> to. My bucket list would include athletes right now, I think. I'd actually love to talk to Tony Romo about golf. I've mm. become a big Tony Romo fan, and I'm a giant fan in the world. But I really like Tony Romo, even though I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he's, he's a great golfer, so I would, I would love to have him on the show. And the other part of my bucket list right now is are the women. Um, the Solheim Cup this past weekend,
1: and I, again,
0: I'm lucky enough to, uh, Dottie Pepper is a very good friend of mine. Um, I would love to talk to some, Lexi Thompson would be absolutely on my bucket list. Um, there are so many great stories on the LPGA, and if, if your listeners watched at all the Solheim Cup this past weekend, um, I don't I don't know if, you, if you've if you ever been to an LPGA event, or, but it is so much fun going to an LPGA event and watching these women play. They're unbelievable, and it's, we almost can relate more to them than the PGA Tour because now some of them hit it pretty darn far now, but they're, the the beauty of their swings, the ease and the grace that they use because growing up they couldn't hit it that far. It's really a great thing to see. So I would say they would be on my bucket list now, too.
1: And as you talk about, you know, Dottie Pepper and, and some of the ladies from the LPGA and the LPGA Legends Tour, you have an opportunity, right? Every year you go up to, you know, our good friends at the at the French Lake Resort and, and get to be a part of the fantastic tournament that they put on, right?
0: Yes. And I'll tell you, I'm glad you brought that up. I love that I'm on the French Lake segment that <laughs> we so. <laughs> uh it's one of my absolute favorite places in the world and I've played all over. It is there are very few places better than that resort. Um two unbelievable hotels, Grit Pete Dye and Donald Ross golf course is a fifty one thousand square foot casino. Uh and that the senior LPGA, the legends who have been there for a couple of years, now there's an actual senior LPGA event um that was fantastic this year the first time that's what i'm talking about to see the women and there's something about how grateful they are that there are a lot of guys that are grateful about their careers but for some reason the women that have played on the lpga tour to see them interact with galleries is really something to behold i mean and um, people like Laura Davies and, and Julie Inkster, the captain of the Solheim Cup, um, who I've spent time talking to. Just, they're just amazing. And if anybody ever gets a chance to get to an event at French Lick, it's a great few days between the hotels and the golf and, and, uh, those great players. It's, it's just fantastic.
1: Matthew, I want to get your thoughts on the PGA Championship, and uh, you know, I was listening to uh, to your show as you were know, doing the weekend of, and you and Perry French kind of talking back and forth, and and you picked a guy who was in my foursome to win every major, and that's Louis Oustes. And, You know, he he very yeah. nearly pulled it off. He got he's got the Grand Slam now for second place finishes yeah. in majors <laughs> on, on top of. His open championship back in 2010. But talk about why did you pick him and what were your thoughts on PPA?
0: Well, I, I, you know, I just was, I knew, first of all, as great as Kevin Kistner played and as great as Chris Stout played, uh, which made Perry French very happy because those are both tricks on guys. He was really happy. (laughs) Um, As great as they had played up till that point, I just felt like, there were so many guys that were close, and that golf course was so difficult that somebody, this was the prediction I got right, somebody was going to post a score earlier, and those last three holes, I mean, have you ever seen three more difficult holes to finish, especially a major championship? I just felt like that pressure, if somebody was trying to reach a number, was going to be too much for Kisner and for Chris Stroud. Um, I think both of those guys at some point might win a major. And I just, Louis is just, he's one of my favorites. Um, I was hoping he would, he wouldn't finish second to to, to get that grand (laughs) slam. But, uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but if somebody said to me, you could have anybody swing in golf, who would it be? I would pick Louis swing. And I just thought it would hold up, it would hold up the best during the final round. And he had won a major, and I just, you know, really liked them. Now, having said that, um, I mentioned before about the golden age of golf that we're in right now. And, I mean, what Justin Thomas did the, the then, and, the, I mean, all these young guys, to think about those last, I hear, how about this, Chris, and I said this on my show. In that situation, going to the 17th hole, that 220-yard par three, I think there had been some ridiculous number, like nine birdies total on that. Some ridiculous number. For him to take a five-iron, I mean, he's four foot one and he weighs 80 pounds. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, <laughs> um, For him to step up to that tee on the, on the 71st hole of a major championship, And hit that five iron the way he did and then make that putt on 17 to give him more of a lead. I, I was, it it just, I sat there with my jaw down to the floor the whole time. And then, yes, he had a couple of shots to, that he could play around with on 18, but you know, he had a very tough shot out of that bunker. He was just unbelievable. And, um, it was a great championship and it's just, This is what's going to happen. Think about all the great, the talent of all these players. Every major now. Um, Mm -hmm. We had it uh, for a while. Um, I don't, I love all the old guys. I love Jack and Arnie and Gary player and all the old guys, but I don't think we've ever, ever in golf seen as many guys capable on any week of a major championship of winning. I mean, look at, look at Matsuyama I mean look at these guys that are on this tour now and they're all really young Rory is like the old man on the tour now, <laughs> which you know it's like oh yeah him he's you know he's it's almost um so I just think the PGA was fantastic and that's that's my least favorite of the four majors I think a lot of people would say that but this right. one was really really something
1: so, as you mentioned, Justin Thomas and his stature, does, does it drive you crazy like it does me to see? Again, in, in real life, he's, he's at least listed on the PGA com at 5'10", 145, but he hits the ball yeah. nine miles. I can't figure yeah. out how guys that size can hit the ball that far. It makes me nuts.
0: Well, uh, you know, <laughs> it's really funny because talk about this and my stock answer is I hold my right hand about a foot behind my right hip straight down and my left hand a foot behind my left hip and that area is known as the hitting zone and it and it's all physics i ch- this is what i say it's all physics it's all that snap at the ball that i have never in 32 years of playing golf i have never felt not one time not mm-hmm. once that's and that's that's apparently how all these, because he's not the only one. I mean, Jordan Spieth is tiny. There aren't, it's not like these are big guys. You know, Brooks Kepka is like a giant compared to these other guys. <laughs> and they're hitting 300 yard three woods. You know, I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't know how they do it. And yes, in answer to your question, it does drive me insane. Absolutely, <laughs> it does. <laughs>
1: But I'm 40 so what, years wanted,
0: older than these guys too,
1: Chris. So yeah, indeed. Wow, <laughs> I'm with you. So, yeah, one, I want one other thought I want to get from you on, on the PGA. What did you think of the disaster that Jason Day made at the 18th hole on Sunday? That that was sort of a head scratcher to me. I couldn't figure. Out what What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, well, um, I said this too. Here's the thing. These guys routinely, like when you and I hit it in the in the behind the into the trees. Like, my first thought is, I'm lucky if I'm making a bogey here. Like, Mm -hmm. I got to punch out. I got to then, if I can get to the green, you know, and you start thinking, well, these guys routinely save par from situations like that. When he got behind that tree and he looked, he showed what he was going to try to do, and he defended it afterwards, too. There wasn't any place for him to go with that shot, even if he hit a perfect shot. It wasn't like there was one tree in front of him and he tried to bend it around the tree. There were trees all the way down the right and tents over on the right. And I had no idea what he was looking at. That's what I couldn't understand. Right. And after that, it was just, I love, by the way, that when that whole fiasco was over, Cause he wasn't going to win. And for these guys, they don't care about finishing second. I mean, they got more money than they can ever spend. Most of them in that position. They're not trying to, well, now I got to finish third. Cause he obviously realized he wasn't winning anything. He, when he walked off that green after making a big number, he was smiling. He was laughing. I mean, um, I, 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 I have no idea what he was doing there. None. To this yeah, day, and, I don't know what he was doing.
1: And I, neither do I. And, and, and in that in that situation, I felt the same sort. Of, I had the same thought that I've had many times watching Phil Mickelson play. You know, I, I was really yeah. trying to get into the head of the caddy because for 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 many tournaments, I kept rooting for Bones when 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 Phil would ask for the driver to break the driver over his knee and hand him an iron. Right. right? So yeah. I was thinking, I was I was thinking, you know, the caddy in that point. You know hand him a wedge or hand him a you know a five iron so he can punch it out and and just take the bag and start walking. Like, don't let him yeah. do that. but
0: well you know. that you know it's it's interesting because that is what happened with Rory and j p his caddy. that's right. why they parted ways because Rory felt like the decisions he was making um he, he was getting too upset with j p and he wanted to, he wanted to take all the responsibility on himself he had too much respect for this guy that not only had been his caddy but his friend for so long that he couldn't do it anymore and i kind of think that you know these caddies they and by the way you say it bones has been fantastic on the coverage now that he's doing tv
1: yeah and i
0: always wondered i always wondered why more Golf Telecast didn't use former caddies. Those are the guys that n- not only know the players best, but know what their thinking is when they're out on the course. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I I, I don't know what, what his caddy said to Jason Day, but what do you say? Well, are you out of your mind? How about when Jordan <laughs> Spieth? How about when Jordan turned to his guy and said, you just go over there and sit down and watch me? <laughs> I mean, he actually he actually said that to him right before he hit some unbelievable shot. Um, you know, I, I, these guys are they're just it's a different game, Chris. <laughs> it's a whole different game here <laughs> with these guys.
1: <laughs> so, let's talk competition but not at the pro level. Talk you and Mitch. Your yeah. brother Mitch. Who who yeah. who's better?
0: Oh, me. I mean, i right? not even close. No, I'm just kidding <laughs> I like to say it just to hear the sound of it. Um, you know you know the funny thing is, and my Mitchy, as I like to call him, now plays Hickories and has for probably six years now, maybe longer, and so it's kind of not a fair fight in terms of of because he doesn't really keep- sc- i mean he keeps score, but not really. And that's a whole other discussion we could have. But it's very funny. We're identical twins. He started playing way before I did. And um, there was a time, I think, obviously, but I used to be, I was pretty good uh, for a few years there, and so was he. And as we've gotten older and it's been harder for us to play and families and all the things we go through, it had been a while since he and I had played a round of golf together, and he came up a couple weekends ago to visit and to see my sons, his nephews, and we went out uh to Kearney Hill, which is my home course here. It's an unbelievable course, and it's a links course, and it's perfect for him with his hickories and all his crap. You know the old stuff. You know, <laughs> you know all that. Uh, did I say that? I didn't mean it. I don't mean crap. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, we have very different swings we always have had even though we're identical twins problems in the swing are exactly the same and i saw it again when we played a couple weeks ago and it's quite fascinating if you can get past the part where, where we hit a bad shot it's really bad if you can get <laughs> past that i always i we were talking about it and it's it's actually pretty funny we both do the same things when when something goes wrong with our swing, um, and it's fascinating to me. But uh, we our competition on the golf course we never really had a competition that way on the golf course. Um, you know, we would just play and and you try to do the best you can. But uh, um, i this is all crap. I'm a lot better than him. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> talking about. Um, um, have, that was all. Have I you ever played Hickories with him? He sucks, and I'm really good. Um,
1: uh,
0: Actually, I went down to visit him a few months ago, and we went out to, I want to say at in Myrtle Beach. And I played. We didn't take my clubs. I just played out of his bag with the hickories, and it was fantastic. And as a matter of fact, I told him that over the winter, I'm going to assemble a set of hickories, and next season in the spring, when we start playing again, just sent me, I just got three, um, clubs from him and I'm awaiting the two woods that he's sending me. And I'm wow. going to start now. Yeah. I'm going to use the, uh, I have a spade mashie and, uh, two other things and I'm going <laughs> to use them this, this Sunday when I go out to play and just kind of fool around with them and get a feel for them. But. You know what the great thing is, Chris, for all of us that play that aren't as good as we used to be and we still get frustrated because, you know, you hit, you can't hit a shot that you used to be able to hit. When you play hickories, that goes away. It really does. You don't care about the score anymore. You're just out there taking shot by shot and enjoying being out on a golf course and being with people you're playing with. It, all the competitive stuff goes out of it, I've found, and it's what Mitchell has found, when you use hickories and you're just playing with hickories and you still hit shots. And when you hit you know, the sweet spot on a, on a hickory club, and the ones Mitchell plays with are 100 years old. Wow. Um, the, the sweet spot on one of these clubs is the size of a pinhead. It's not like clubs now. And so when you hit a good shot with, with a hickory, the feeling is just unbelievable. And it can it carries you through. You might hit not such not a great shot the next time, but the your enjoyment level goes way up is what I'm saying and uh I can't wait to to play with a full set of them. It's really cool.
1: Just a couple more oh, Matthew. Uh, by, be... the way,
0: by the way, by yes? by the way. Mitchell told me and this is amazing, um you should get him back on and let him talk to you about this. He is going to play in the World Amateur Championships, which are in Myrtle really? Beach at the the 28th of August for five days, I think. 3,000 golfers from all over the world will descend on Myrtle Beach. I think it's 3,000. He MCs the big dinners and stuff every year, so he's never played in it. Well, this year, he's... um The two guys, Charlie Reimer and Damon Hack from the Golf Channel, are going to do the emceeing. So he didn't have that to worry about. He decided he was going to play this year, and he will be the first guy playing hickories in the history of the World Amateur Championship, which is 35 years old, I think. He's going to be the first guy to play hickories. It's very cool.
1: Yeah, when is that event?
0: I want to say the 28th of August until the 3rd of September or something. I might mm. the dates might be wrong, but it's pretty. I think it's next week. It's pretty soon. Okay. All right. Yep. So I'll try to catch and up that's with my brother, brother Mitchie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So a, cou- a couple more, Matthew, before we let you go. And I, one you got to clarify for me. I saw a picture of you and Mitch from a couple of years ago, and you're wearing a Stanley Cup Champions T-shirt. I can't quite make out the logo, but if I had to guess, I would say it's the Chicago Blackhawks. T-shirt, but I thought, what in the world would Matthew be doing wearing a Chicago Blackhawks Blackhawks okay. T-shirt? is, is that l- what it is? L-
0: l- yeah, it is, and I'll explain to you about that shirt. Okay. <laughs> Above all, Chris, the only thing important to me is how cool I am. That's the only <laughs> thing that means anything. Now, I've been a, I've been a New York Ranger fan my whole life, and right. I'm a diehard Ranger fan. But when Blackhawks won that title in 2015 i think i actually I actually got that t-shirt when i went to do uh kentucky played i can't remember who we played but we played in the united center in chicago that year and i went up and i did a show my pre and post game shows from this bar in chicago and uh they i they were selling these it's from that bar and they were selling these T-shirts, and I have a lot of friends in Chicago, and I thought, I'm going to get this T-shirt, and I'll wear it just to fool around with my friends and stuff. So I don't <laughs> know what picture you saw, but it's very cool. And as I said, that's the only thing that matters to me is that I'm cool. So that's, that's the reason
1: for wearing it. <laughs> very nice.
0: <laughs>
1: Our mutual good friend, Tom Patrick, is also... a a very big fan of Seve and got to spend some time working with Seve. But, you know, talk about what was it about Seve that you admired so much?
0: You know, uh, it's a great question, Chris. And um, I think his and this was before I really knew anything about him. I just saw I was I had seen him play. And back in, in the 80s, which is when I started playing golf, Seve was at his most swashbuckling, uh, fixated on how handsome he was, how cool he was, and the magic that he performed on a golf course, all wrapped in one package. Um, and uh, ever since the first or second time I saw him play, I just fell in love with the guy. I thought he's, his 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 fist pumps when he won. Things his um, and later on when he was you know with the Ryder Cup and I just there's something about him that he was like an old time movie star to me that was a magician with could do anything with a golf club and um, as a matter of fact when the first email address I got which used to be with AOL I think when I got my first computer and you have mail whatever it was, <laughs> was um, it's still the same one that I have now. And it contains Sebi's name um, because I, he's just, I've loved other golfers, but never to the level that I Sebby Sebi. Um, I always did. And I, I still do. And you put me in touch with Tom, uh, as you said, and what a guy. And, and I thought that, but then, I saw a picture of him actually working with Sebi, and that was it for me. I mean, Tom Tom is like, he's it for me now, because <laughs> he actually worked with Sebi. I'm like, you know, I don't even know who to compare that to as an actor, who that would be like. I guess, you know, some actor that worked with, I don't know, Alfred Hitchcock, or I don't know, somebody. But Tom is, Tom is the man
1: to me. Yes, he is. He's a fantastic guy. So, Matthew, before we let you go, talking about, you know, who, who you've got coming up on your shows, you know, and remind our listeners how they can stay in touch and follow you uh, both online and over social media.
0: Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ML on WLXG. Uh, and that you can also listen to the show, as Chris said, WLXG.com. Uh, And you just hit backspin golf every Sunday morning at 8.03. And I'm not really sure who I'm going to, it's Tuesday already, but I'm not really sure who's going to be joining me this week. Um, I'm trying to work out being able to talk with Dottie Pepper, because um, although we talk, it's been a long time since I had her on the show. And now that she's with CBS, they have a policy that, You have to clear through them uh, any of their talent to be on another network. So it was easy. When she was with ESPN, I would have her on, you know, a lot. And now I have to go through these channels and everything. So I'm trying to figure out a way. I'm waiting to hear if I can have her because there's so much. She's doing a great job uh, on the PGA Tour. And and, uh, so I might have her on this weekend. I'm not really sure, but. That's I always have somebody interesting, as you know. Some wacky, <laughs> wack job will join me every Sunday on <laughs> That's
1: a heck of a promo right there. I think you should play that. Yeah.
0: Get yeah, them to play you that. Know, I actually, if you, if you could cut that up and send it to me, I'll use it for my <laughs> show. <Yeah. laughs> oh, oh, Matthew, boy.
1: You you have absolutely become not not only one of my favorite guests but just one of my favorite people in general. I always have so much fun when you and I get the opportunity to spend some time together and talk and there's a thousand other stories I'd love to ask you about. Hopefully, you know, you'll come back and and join me whether it's on this show or maybe on the football side get your thoughts on Kentucky football as you mentioned at the top. So, uh we you know, just love spending time anytime. with you. Anytime, my friend.
0: I told you, Chris, anytime. Um you're one of my favorite people ever. And Anytime I can join you. I love to do it. Nah, really I, appreciate do that.
1: That. I appreciate right, that man. very much. Take care, my friend. We'll catch up again real you soon. Too. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, pal. See ya.